Everybody, welcome to the Amazing Spider Webcast issue twenty-one. We're staying right on track with our normal publication schedule of one show every six months. So it should, uh, you know, I'll pass this on to my children's 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 children. Um, but actually, I guess one show every two months, we're going to fall drastically behind the publication. Really, the only hope for this show is that. Not only does Spider-Man stop publishing, but uh, retroactively de-publishes some things that were previously published um, using a sort of eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. I'm not saying that Marvel has to do that for the sake of this one podcast, but if they did, there'd be one person who, eh, I wouldn't even appreciate it. To be honest, I don't think getting this podcast out on a more regular schedule is uh, worth stopping publication of a great book. Anyway, issue 21. Issue 21 sees our friend the amazing Spider-Man, and uh, we've got the Human Torch guest starring. They did a lot of Human Torch guest stars, especially early on, and then later on uh, kind of came back to it. But um, I don't know. I don't know if, like... Usually when you have a guest star in a comic book... Uh, one guest star is propping up the other. So you have uh, Daredevil and Spider-Man, and it's a little bit like, eh, I think Spider-Man is kind of propping up Daredevil. But then sometimes it goes the other way. Um, with Human Torch and Spider-Man, I'm not totally sure how that works. My suspicion is that it's uh, the Spider-Man trying to get other people to read Fantastic Four. Because maybe Fantastic Four is seen as a more, um, I don't know, cerebral book or something? Less for teens, more for adult space adventurers? I'm not totally sure. This is kind of a cockamamie theory, so just keep that in mind. But uh, And then we have the Beetle. Beetle, uh, one in a long line of villains who, you know, fulfill that role of being um, not... The villains who never caught on. You know, he's a tarantula, for example, who it's like, I'm not really sure why Dr. Octopus caught on or why Sandman caught on and the Beatle didn't. But here we are. And that's the fact of the matter. Um, Where Flies the Beatle is the title. Uh, this has one of my favorite openings in a comic that I've read in a very long time. And it's a, a, a excellent Spider-Man opening. When a man has finished his prison term, he must be set free to take his place in society again. Even such a man as Abner Jenkins, better known to various law enforcement agencies as The Beetle. Now here's the part I love. This is Abner. He's got two giant sacks, and he's walking away from, I guess, what's a prison? Looks like a medieval castle, but fine. And he says, they had to give me back my beetle equipment. There's no law against a man owning an armored costume. Which, uh, you know, I, I will admit that I s wasted some of my time and yours. Nah, just mine. Looking up whether or not there were laws. You know, and I tried to look for this like, uh, 
is it illegal to build an Iron Man costume? And most of what I found was like copyright stuff, which I was like, I think if you built an Iron Man costume, copyright would be the least of your concerns. Really, right? Like, what's Marvel going to do? Because if Marvel was like, hey, you need to stop flying around in that actual Iron Man suit, I'd be like, make me. Build your own Iron Man suit and make me, I guess. this is Is this how War Machine comes to be in real life? I don't know. I gotta say, too, I would think that if Marvel did that, that would be an extremely unpopular move on their part. Like, someone invented an actual Iron Man suit, and your response to that is, we gotta put a stop to this. We can't have actual Iron Man flying around. Now, I know how this would go. Because this is like a, comp a company and money and all that, right? So it would be like, okay, well, Pete's been flying around in his Iron Man suit, which is pretty awesome. But then he just, like, uh, you know, he found a uh, child kidnapper and just disintegrated him on TV. It's like, okay. You know, maybe that's not... <laughs> maybe this isn't ideal in terms of how we want to represent our character. <laughs> this is the problem with having your character just be uh, co-opted by someone is... Now I'm Iron Man, and I decide what Iron Man does. And doesn't do. Does he vaporize someone who kidnaps a child? Maybe he does now. So anyway, I tried to find out, like, is there a law about this? Because it seems like... This seems like what we refer to as the Airbud Clause. Which is, um... You know, in Airbud, there's that moment in the movie where it's like, there's no rule that says a dog can't play basketball. And it's like, yes, I'm sh I, I imagine that's correct. However, I also imagine that, uh, you know, m while there's no law against it, or specific rule against it, I would think there's probably some rule that you could make. For example, a high school basketball team, they all have to be in good academic standing, and the, or, you know, a student of the school that they're playing for. Or some other school, you know what I mean? Like, I think that ref, I think the ref in Airbud is the true hero of whatever, because he was like, you know, this certainly is against the rules. However, I mean, I'm a high school basketball referee. This isn't the NBA. And what's, what is a more interesting thing to have happen in my life? To watch a golden retriever play basketball for a season? Or uh, to enforce the rules correctly and say, dogs are not allowed to play basketball. I know the answer. I know which one of those two things is. If, if I'm sitting in the stands and a dog shows up in high tops and a jersey, I want that dog in the game. I don't care what else. I don't care if that dog like steps on my son's face to dunk. That would be fine. I'd be like, son... You did a good thing today. You did something more significant today than you would have otherwise. It's fine. Don't worry about it. So anyway, I tried to find out if there were any, like, specific laws that say you can't build, like, an Iron Man suit and fly around. Or a beetle suit, for example. But I couldn't look up beetle suit because no one... What? What even? Um... I couldn't find a whole lot. Now, you'd have to, like, register with the FAA, I think, to fly. And there's there's some... I think most states have laws against what they call unusual weapons. <laughs> um, so I guess these are things like, you know, if I made my own 
microwave gun, for example, they would be like, okay. Which I'm like, can you make a microwave gun by basically just drilling a hole in the door of a microwave and turning it on and pointing it towards something that you want to microwave? Does that work? I don't know how that works. It seems dangerous, but uh, maybe not. I don't know. But uh, I couldn't find anything that specifically said you could not create a suit of, like, power armor, for example. You know, let's let's put the guns and stuff aside, because I think the Beatles suit, I think he can, like, he has flame or something, maybe. Not flame. He has um, suction hands. He has wings that he sort of uses as weapons, but I mean, I guess that'd be like outlawing a hang glider, right? Because you could hit someone with it. <laughs> But I, I did find interesting the sort of assertion here of, um, well, they had to keep my suit for me and give it back to me as soon as I was out of jail. So I was like, well, hold on. If you used it in a crime, like if I stab someone with a knife, I mean, I guess technically that knife is still my property, but are they required to like keep it for me? You know, is that, that seems uh, unlikely. To put it lightly, that seems highly unlikely, uh, ranging to impossible. But anyway, I, I just love it because it's like, well, he could have, they could have written this so that, um, he has a, a suit stored somewhere. He had, uh, he paid off some cop to hide it for him. You know, any number of things that are more plausible, but they just went with like, Hey man, this is my fucking civil liberty to have this <laughs> crazy criminal suit that I can use to rob a bank. <laughs> um, so anyway, the torch, human torch is here. Spider-Man's here. You know, nothing, nothing super important. Um, oh, and by the way, the beetle gets his costume back in the first panel. He's walking out of jail with his costume. And the second panel, he's putting his costume on in what appears to be the front yard of the jail. Um, so he makes it like 50 feet before, and you gotta believe somebody's in that jail watching him walk away being like, well, I don't know how, how hard we're playing the, we rehab prisoners game, but, uh, I, that, that is a check in the did not succeed column. I mean, he barely made it out the door before putting on his, uh, supervillain suit. So this is not a good sign. And apparently the human torch busted him before and humiliated him, you know. This is how also all super criminals uh, take it real personal. They're like, oh, the human torch defeated me. So now instead of like robbing banks or whatever, it's become my new goal to defeat the human torch. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't take it personal, man. The human torch doesn't care about you. Just go back to the banks. You'll be fine. That's what you want to do. Isn't that what you wanted to do with your life? Let's do a values sort. Okay, so Human Torch is out with a lady. Sees the Beatles out, so he flames on and flies away. Spidey's on the scene because he was studying or something and was bored. So he's like, I'm going to just take a, take a look around. So, um... Oh, also, this is one of my favorite lines. Let's see, where is Doris? There, uh, Johnny Storm, Human Torch, sees that the Beetle is out of jail, and he's out with a girl named Dory slash Doris. 
And uh, she says, but that doesn't concern you. He'll probably fade into obscurity. And, and then Johnny Storm takes off. But I was like, he'll probably fade into obscurity. Oh, Doris. Doris is the, uh, the Cassandra of this situation. The prophet that no one will listen to. <laughs> and Doris was right. The beetle will probably, most likely, fade into obscurity. Seems likely. So anyway, they're both running around, and basically what ends up happening is Human Torch is out looking for the beetle. Spider-Man is just kind of running around, and the beetle is looking for the Human Torch. So what the Human Torch doesn't know is that the beetle begins following him. Because he's like, ah, now I'll get him. I'm going to follow him, and he won't know. And then uh, Spider-Man is just there. I don't know, because it's a Spider-Man comic. So Human Torch gets back home. Doris is there. And she's pissed off at him. And this sets up what is a great sort of, if there was a superhero sitcom, this is a great setup. Where basically she's like, every time we go out, you go flying off as the Human Torch. And he's like, okay. Um, and they make a deal where he's not going to flame on for 24 hours. No matter what happens. No flame for 24 hours. And you're like, this is, a, this is Three's Company with superpowers. This is great, right? Um, so then uh, Doris is out shopping. LBS. Um, and something happens. Her wallet gets, you know, falls, or her purse falls, whatever. Okay, she gets crashed into by some guys. She drops a bunch of packages and also drops her wallet, but doesn't notice that she's dropped her wallet. Peter Parker helps her pick up her packages. Peter, Pi Peter Parker picks a peck of her wallet from the ground. From the pavement. Damn it. Shit. Um, so he finds her wallet, gets out her driver's license, takes it home to her. So she's like, oh, that's so nice. Come in for and have a Coke. And so they're sitting there, and it's so great, because it cuts to them sitting in the living room. And it just says, uh, then, for the next few minutes, so they're chatting. Peter Parker says... Yes, I live with my aunt in a small private house a short distance from here. And I'm like, oh, Peter Parker, you're such a lovable nerd. He's like, meets this young, attractive woman, and he's like, I live with my aunt very close to here. <laughs> I would say it's, only, it's probably less than five kilometers. And she's thinking like, oh, he's so quiet, so soft-spoken and gentlemanly. He's a science major at school, and he's so cultured and down-to-earth. If only Johnny were more like Peter Parker. So then, you know, Johnny Storm becomes jealous of Peter Parker, which is hilarious. Um, and not hilarious, because you're like, oh, he's also Spider-Man. I guess he's cool. So meanwhile, then the Beatle comes back in. So now we've got this set up, right? Johnny Storm's not supposed to flame on for 24 hours. He's also jealous of Peter Parker. And uh, then there's a, whole, there's a whole love triangle stupid thing where Peter Parker's out with Betty Brant. And then... Uh, Johnny Storm comes up to Peter Parker and is like, stay away from my girl. And then Betty's like, oh, why is he seeing other girls? I didn't think that was happening. And then runs away. It's all a misunderstanding. But where she feels like, oh, he doesn't care about me. So then uh, Peter Parker and Human Torch are kind of yelling at each other on the street. Now, no one knows Peter Parker is Spider-Man, including the Human Torch. Um, Flash Thompson is there, too. And Flash Thompson is like, Come on, Human Torch, why don't you fight him? You know, he's a loser. And kind of egging him on. 
He's, uh, why don't you take a lesson from Spider-Man, Torchy? He wouldn't have let anyone talk to him like that. And the Human Torch is like, I better take off. And then you think about it and you're like, wait a minute. Uh, Human Torch, you know, burns as hot as a thousand suns or whatever. And Flash Thompson was basically like, hey, burn this guy to death. <laughs> for By the way, for returning your girlfriend's wallet. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty hardcore dick move. Uh, we could talk about bullying up and down, but frankly, I'm like, bullying versus, hey, you should burn that guy to death into a pile of ash. I mean, what's the Human Torch going to do to a normal person other than just completely burn him? You know, oh, and then cut to Peter Parker. Nine months later, he's still in the burn ward in that dark man spinning thing that just spins you upside down for some reason that helps you cure from a burn in dark man world. All right. So then Peter Parker's pissed off because human torch screwed up things with Betty or whatever. And he's like, man, I'd love to beat the shit out of that guy. But uh, then I did reveal I'm Spider-Man. All right. So, uh, <laughs> um, so this is a whole thing. I just, I liked the, uh, Flash Thompson egging him on to like, I, it's one thing to shove a guy in a locker or something. It's another one to be like, uh, you know, I picked on some kids in school. Uh, yeah. And then I uh, lit a homeless guy on fire. Oh, okay. <laughs> Youthful indiscretions. Um, so then Peter Parker or Spider-Man, I should say, is, uh, taken off. I can't remember how this goes. He he somehow runs into uh he he's headed back to the girl's house or Johnny's house or whoever's house and uh runs into the beetle cuz the beetle's about to go in there and like beat up Johnny Storm. And so then uh Doris is inside. And she looks out the window and she's like, "Holy crap. There's a superhero supervillain fight happening on my front lawn." So being the girlfriend of Johnny Storm, she calls Johnny Storm, the Human Torch, and is like, hey, uh, this is happening. Do you want to flame on and come over? However, astute readers will remember that he promised not to flame on for 24 hours. And so he's like, oh, this is a trick, right? Nice try, Dory. I'll see you later. You know, you're not going to get me on this one. So he's just like sitting on the couch. Good old Dory. I always did like a gal with a sense of humor. And uh, the panels before that, she has true terror in her eyes. So it's it's pretty good. It's pretty hilarious. I'm not really sure what the uh, the lesson is here, although I don't think it needs one. I think it serves better without a lesson. There's no need to be like, oh, and here's what I learned about Johnny. It's important for you to be fuck that. Um, better this way, comedy. So then the two heroes, well, the hero and the villain, Spider-Man and the Beetle, their fight crashes through the front window and they're fighting in like the living room of a suburban home, which made me think like a lot of these superhero movies, they don't have enough fights in like real life locations. Like they have the, you know, I don't know what you'd call it, like a huge savanna in Black Panther and uh, the same ish savanna in one of those Infinity War movies. Um... Ant-Man, I guess, did it in the first one. And that was fun. You know, they're fighting amongst the Thomas train set or whatever. 
I appreciate that. So they, uh, but they're having a knockdown drag out basically in this living room. And then the, uh, the beetle, I mean, I don't know. I just like that they're wrecking shop in just a regular home. I mean, I can't imagine, you know, a minor, a minor mishap causes so much damage to a home. If you had like a super powered guy and a super villain just full on throwing each other into shells and shit in your house, you'd be like, I mean, this is on the level of just my house burning down. This is horrible. This is completely destroyed. And I wonder if homeowners insurance, they're like, well, we don't cover act of God. And uh, someone becoming Spider-Man, as far as we know, is an act of God. Just his genetics. So, mm, <laughs> I think they may... I think you could. your best option is to make a case with the uh, penal system and say, do you think you might have released the beetle a little early? Um, do you think someone might have like made a call when they saw him putting on his beetle costume on the front lawn or whatever? <laughs> so, um, Spider-Man's trying to beat up the beetle. Johnny Storm gets to the house. Okay, the beetle kidnaps Doris. Um in order to draw out the human torch or something. I don't know. Who cares? And uh, Spider-Man is giving chase, and then the human torch sees this and is like, uh, oh, I have to fight Spider-Man. This is another classic setup for these these times, was like, you got to get the superheroes to fight each other for a couple pages. So the human torch is trying to burn Spidey alive. Then uh, Spidey hits him with an asbestos web balls, which I was like... I'll see you're burning me alive and raise you a, you know, class A carcinogen. <laughs> I don't know if the Human Torch could get, uh, you know, if the effects of asbestos work on him or not. It's a good question. I mean, the carcinogenic effects, you know, I don't know. I mean, you can't give the sun cancer, I don't think. That, you, you're going to have to listen to a different podcast for the answer on that. When is it, who's that guy? Neil deGrasse Tyson? Um, you know, so they fight a little bit. Betty is, like, calling, and Aunt May's like, oh, I thought he was out with you, blah, blah, blah. Um, they have a fairly boring fight. Once all three of them are involved, it's not as fun. Also, they're not destroying a suburban home, so I don't find that as good. They stop fighting each other, team up to trap the beetle, you know, between a web and a, a net made out of flame. Which I'm like, that's a little bit cheating. That's the Human Torch kind of stealing Spidey's thing, in Peter's opinion. But what are you going to do? They save the day. Uh, Human Torch gets the girl. And uh, Spidey, you know, looks sad on the edge of a big, tall chimney, which kind of looks like the chimney he eventually throws his the corpse of his own clone down. Which is uh, an amazing moment in comics that caused a whole ruckus that no one expected. And that, my friends, is issue 21 of The Amazing Spider-Man. Um, how would I rate this issue? You know, it's up there. It's a good one. It's solid. It's got some good ideas. I think it's got like two or three different sort of sitcom-y setups, and I do appreciate that. So, um... This is, this is a solid one. If you're going to like skip around and just read a issue here and there, 21. Put it on the list. We'll see you next time.
climbs a tree just like a vine. Look out, here comes the spider. 